3: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
4: hi everybody this is the cricket badger podcast each badger marks the track with its own scent his black legs are short but very powerful for digging the name badger probably comes from the
2: french word becher meaning digger
4: Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast, the County Cricket Weekly. I am James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and delighted to say we've done, what, 400, I think we're approaching 450 editions of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's various guises, IPL, Test Cricket, County Cricket, whatever. And uh, we have never had somebody from Glamorgan County Cricket Club on the podcast. So delighted to have Roman Walker on today. Roman, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, all good. Yeah, how are you? You're plowing a fur- furrow for the uh, the Welsh county today on the cricket Badger podcast. I'm I'm good, thank you, mate. De- delighted to have you on. Um, we usually always have Knuckle Pandey and the fan badges or fan badger on the podcast as well. And at the moment, he has texted to say he is late. So basically, as soon as he joins us, you can all throw rotten tomatoes and things at him. Um, one of the fan badges today is uh, Phil. Phil, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, and Roman, you're a bowler. Phil's a I'm going to say your kind of ambition is to maybe join the England's over-60s team. And the reason I say <laughs> over-60s is because it gives you plenty of kind of time to get there. So you Build up, maybe, up to that level, yeah. Maybe you can get some advice off Roman as we go through this podcast today. Because we're, How is your uh, current form?
0: Form would suggest there was, um, well, I suppose there is some consistency to it. It's consistently poor um but it is consistent filth that i bowl and so at least my skipper knows what he's going to get
4: knuckle has finally joined us as well in
1: disgrace now knuckle you can sit in the naughty corner but how are you yeah not too bad naughty corner top right as i'm, I'm looking at it uh, yeah apologies my laptop decided it was going to be uncooperative uh, nice to meet you roman how are you doing Nice to meet you, mate. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, Raymond,
4: I kind of been doing a little bit of research on you ahead of this podcast, and I noticed um, your birthday is in three weeks' time, and you're 21 uh, yeah. in, in precisely three weeks. What plans have you got for that? Um, I think for the first time in a long time, I'm not playing
3: cricket on my birthday. Um, so, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I, I, I really, I don't know where I'm going to be. Whether I'll be in Cardiff or a trip back home or anything i just i haven't i have not had cricket on my birthday for a long time
4: i can remember when i was 21 which is going back a few years i was wheeled around nottingham in a shopping trolley i think and i can't remember much about it but uh so hopefully yours and um, won't end up with a, a massive hangover off the back of that um, how are things down there in, uh, in in glamorgan well they're good yeah um
3: we've had a difficult run in the t20s but i think the club as a whole is on a big turnaround from a little bit of a dip in the last few years it, it seems like the the feel around the club is really really good. I mean, I think cricket-wise, it probably doesn't look that much different. I think we're we're a lot more positive on the field as as we um as we go through the season. We look a bit more bit more of a team, but in, inside the club, it's all it's, it's all completely changed, and we're all um, it's like a big family now. Proper proper cricket club, and I think that'll that'll start to show in the next couple of years with uh, with cricket. I think we'll really be
4: challenging. Wales obviously went out of the Euros a little bit, maybe before you would have wanted them to. I guess Wales is your team, is it? I was actually brought up English by my dad. Right,
3: uh, okay. The first, first sort of 10, 12 years of, uh, of life, I had England tops. And then uh, as, as I sort of grew up and realised, hang on, I'm Welsh here. I've got to support the
4: boys. And uh, Gareth Bale started coming through. I had a reason to support Wales then, didn't I? <laughs> so were you uh, non committal yesterday then when England were taking on Italy in the final? No, I, I was back in England. I was. I, was, uh, I had my head in my hands when uh, when the
3: boys missed the penalties. But
4: but when I think of Wales, and this is very stereoty- stereotypical, so do, I do apologise, but I always think of male voice choirs, coal mines and rugby. Um, cricket isn't the first thing I think about. Um, why cricket with you when you were growing up? What attracted you to the sport?
3: Um, well I, I was six um and my dad had just joined um a relatively local cricket club uh, called bursham and uh, he brought me along for a couple of training sessions with the with the young lads and um i think i, ju- I just took to it i can't remember ever sort of enjoying it like because i was so young i just haven't got a memory of being like oh yeah i love this but i think i was playing under 13s at about seven or eight and and doing well so i think it just sort of playing with the big boys and stuff, that sort of gives you a load of confidence. And and I think that's where it just went from there, really, with with cricket. And that's where my
4: enjoyment came from. You we talked about football briefly there, but you're a Wrexham fan, I understand. Yeah. And they are going through a little bit of an exciting transition, aren't they, at the minute, with Hollywood film stars coming in to take over that uh that football club. Ryan Reynolds and uh I can never pronounce his surname, Rock Rob McCoy. Kellerheni, is that right? Bakalini. Yeah, Bakaleni, that's the one. Um, I need somebody else to say it so I can say it and repeat <laughs> yeah. it off the back of it. That must be quite exciting, honestly. Um, uh, other people have told me, well, I can't believe, I can't
3: believe they've done that." Like that's so out of the blue and stuff. And uh, it's every, it's the same for everybody in Wrexham. Nobody saw it coming. Like uh, another couple of years ago, and as we were, we'd have, we'd, we'd have been in the dumps. Money wise, we just there was nothing coming in, and uh, for a, such a big club as well to be in the non-league for as long as we have been, it's this. This is a massive sort of breath of uh, fresh air and a bit of a, a bit of luck
4: that we hopefully can get back to the football league and and start challenging. I heard um, Rob say say his name again. Macaloney. McIlhenny, I, I heard him on the on the radio a few months ago, actually talking about it, and he's actually properly serious. It's not just a game, this or a joke, yeah. is it? He's he's basically thought about this, and he said that he had the idea when he was naked in the in the shower, apparently, and then phoned Ryan Reynolds off the back of that and got him involved as well. And he said, "Yeah, of course, mate. Let's let's get going." And they are properly serious about Wrexham Football Club.
3: Yeah, they. So the stories I've heard, are they they um they've found some sort of connection to the club. Uh, emotionally, on a on a level of where 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 it's been, and the the town itself, because uh, the town was a big coal mining town uh, back in the day, and um, a lot of working class people. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's just one of them one one of them clubs. I think with with it being, I think it's the third oldest international football stadium in the world. Obviously, that still hosts. And, I think it's, and Wrexham was established in eighteen sixty four, so it's got to be one of the oldest football clubs in the world. Period. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the history of the club. And for it to be down in the dumps like it is, uh, I think they saw something with that. And and obviously, they, they've obviously seen a business opportunity. It, obviously, they wouldn't have done it if they thought, oh, we're just going to pile money into it and, and not get anything out of it. They're obviously getting their wage bill, but they're helping the club
4: along the way, which can't complain, can you? If, if I had a load of money, which is a big if, I, I'd, I'd fancy a club the size of Wrexham rather than taking on a Liverpool or something like that, because it's, it's a bit more fun, isn't there? Turning something that isn't there really at the moment and, and kind of polishing it up and seeing how far you can take it. Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, yeah the the way that the way that the fans have reacted to the guys coming over and, and helping as well, it's yeah, it's just it's given given a man who's fallen in a ditch a hand to get back up. You know, it's there's, no one's ever gonna. Have a go at the person who's opening him up, and it's it's just one of everyone's got smiles on their faces whenever you talk about Wrexham and and the the business he's brought to the town. Not just the football club is it's going to change everything. Like the, the the town centre the last ten years has has gone to pot. There's boarded up shops where you, like the old Woolies shop has just gone. Peacock's has shut down. You know, I mean, I'm reading these shops off, and it's it's sad to see walking down the town centre, and, and it'll all come back now with with this coming and, and the started calling us the worldwide Reds. <laughs> there'll be so many tourists coming now you know just just to come and watch Wrexham because uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney are, are the owners um, and it just brings so much business to the town not just the football club
4: One of the things we do on this uh, podcast Rowan, the guest the previous week leaves a question for you and then your job at the end of the podcast is to leave a question for the uh, following week's guest. Next week's guest, just to give you a bit of thinking time as we go through the, the uh, podcast is Stephen Croft, the Lancashire all rounder. So have a think about uh, a question for Crofty, but last, last week's guest was uh, Anthony McGrath, the uh, Essex head coach at the uh, at the moment, well at the moment actually he's the England batting coach because the COVID outbreak I saw him called up just after the podcast the podcast sprinkles pixie dust onto people you know, Mags basically became an England batting coach the week before Ryan Higgins had a baby just off the back of the podcast so anything could happen to you over the next week honestly you have to let us know if anything magical happens to you but Mags' question that he left for you, he, he said he was very interested in how young people coming into the game now, actually kind of viewed their futures, obviously with T20 being so glamorous and white ball cricket and the potential riches you can get if you get very good at that, playing in the IPL, et cetera, you can make yourself um, a fair few quid and maybe buy Brexham Football Club off Ryan Reynolds. How do you see it? I mean, what, what's your aspirations? Is red ball important to you? Is white ball important to you? Are they both the same? I'm, I'm
3: very sort of old fashioned when it comes to my cricket. I enjoy red ball more um, to play and pretty much to watch, if I'm honest it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty weird way of looking at it when what, I'm only 20 years old like and people are expecting oh t20s this t20s that hundred and all that and to be fair I, I didn't really like the the thought of the 100 when it came in I just thought a, a t20 franchise over here would would have been a lot better rather than a completely different format but we'll obviously we're going to see how that goes it, it could be really good but yeah i'm I'm red ball first really and and I'm a massive believer of like red ball if you can hit your lengths consistently you're going to do well in T20s as well with a few variations that you can work on you know it's, it's working from the bottom up so I'm a massive believer red Bull first and, and then white ball second
1: who knows wins put your money where your mates are download the app now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store
4: remember Stephen Croft question from you at the end of this podcast I'm going to hand
1: over to Knuckle Pandey. Well, one of my questions was about the the different formats the the skill sets are becoming very different now from multi-day cricket to one day cricket this day cricket to T20 cricket I'm quite interested you've not yet played a, a first class game for Glamorgan but how much multi-day cricket have you actually played how much multi-day cricket do you get to play growing up do you ever get that experience or is it or would it be a case that when you do make your first-class debut, that'll be, that'll be the first, your first experience of it and you'll have to completely learn on the job?
3: Yeah, I think the, uh, the, the lucky thing I've got with being in Wales is there's, there's not actually a massive pool of young players coming through at a time. Whereas you can imagine the London clubs are probably flooded with young talent coming through. The young lads will probably miss out a, a bit more. Uh, whereas I, I, was, I think I played my first second-team game at 15 and that was a three-day game in Bath against Gloucester. That was that was my first taste of multi-day cricket. I'd never ever played anything before. Didn't know how to pack for it. Didn't know how to pack my bags for it. Never mind actually go out and, and think about the game. And so I, I think I've I've been quite lucky now. I've played multi-day cricket. This will be my sixth season playing multi-day cricket. But there's other lads that come through that are 18 and never played a multi-day cricket match. Which is it's it's hard for it's hard for them obviously, but it's hard for me to understand. Like you've really got to get your. It does take a couple of years to get your head round when you're young that you, you've, got to, you've got to be really fit. And I, I wasn't a massive one for going out and getting in the gym and going out running and stuff. I've, I've never really been like that. And, and it's only the last few years where I've sort of realised, right, well, if I'm going to be playing first team, four-day cricket matches, you've got to be bloody fit. You've got to be proper proper spick and span to go out and, and bowl 25, 30 overs in a day. So it, it takes a lot of getting your head around. And I think the younger you can get the multi-day cricket matches in, the better. But I think the, the question that begs to be asked is these workload things that are coming in now with... With young lads and and science coming into it, and how much multi-day cricket they'll actually be allowed to play at a young age.
1: I think I was listening to Michael Holding saying that he actually thinks that the workload restrictions are, are a good thing because you end up running the risk of obviously breaking players, and and, and that you don't want. That I mean, I think there is probably a way that you can still get the disciplines of multi-day cricket. Of right, you've done it. Now you've got to bowl a third spell in a day, a fourth spell in a day, and they can be shorter spells. But then, and then the the tactical disciplines of thinking about right, it's not just today; it's tomorrow. Um, I find that that whole that sort of learning curve um, fascinating because you know, as I certainly you know, I never really was never ever going to be challenging even for the sort of county youth group scene. But I've never played a game of multi-day cricket interesting developmental thing of how you get those disciplines into people without just kind of throwing them into first class cricket and saying here hey here you go Me- you mentioned the seconds you were you were playing in that game when Marnus labashane came out of quarantine um seemingly uh champing at the bit um <laughs> against those uh against the uh, uh yeah, experienced ish north End's second 11 but some teenagers in there as well what what was it like watching watching Marnus in in that mood, and what has it been like having Marnus Labuschagne and, and Michael Nisa? Or I just see has signed a new contract around
3: the innings itself. I think the first hundred runs was amazing to watch. Couldn't take my eyes off, and then the next hundred and seventy three or whatever it was, were you're just sitting back, knowing what's going to happen. You know, he <coughs> didn't look like getting out. I'm just sitting there on the edge of the bank. Four, four, six, four. Just so you know what's going to happen. It was unbelievable to watch. Um, And we we were asking the questions because he's a a big badger himself, man. He loves cricket, really lives it lives his life through cricket um, and we, we were asking asking ourselves questions of, do you reckon he's enjoying it now he's scored that many runs and he's going at that quicker pace he's going to run a ball for 250 runs do you reckon he's enjoying it comes off the pitch I said did you enjoy it Or, or? and he goes yeah two right yeah I, I wanted 400 and I was like Jesus alright fair
1: enough <laughs> Yeah, you can see that enthusiasm when he's playing in a test match and he's chirping away from from short leg. He and Michael Nisa have been have been over this year. Seeing Michael Nisa has signed a new contract for next year. Is he someone you're as a scene bowler yourself? Is he someone you're you're getting around and and swapping tips with? And are you are you picking up stuff from watching how he trains and how he prepares?
3: Yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, so I've never really been one to, um, as the coaches say, go go away and pick pick someone's brains. Um, I've I've never been one to ask questions. I'm not great with my words; it just come out wrong, and I'd, I'd be ended up asking a stupid question. So I'd, I've I've learned over the last few years to just sort of sit, watch, and and learn from watching players, um, which I think is, has worked for me. With the access that you've got to so many things now on YouTube as well, where I can sit and watch people like Josh Josh Hazelwood and have have they bowl. But learning off Nice has been very, very valuable. Like the way that he bowls, even in nets with a white ball, learning variations and how he bowls his variations, um, and just listening on conversations he's having with other people. It's really interesting how uh, unique, different people are, and and the way that they bowl things. Like the way your bowl is off is completely different to me, for example. You know, and and I'll learn from that, and maybe even try it, and it may work for me. Um, but just just to see uh, something as simple as the consistency that he bowls with. In a red ball match, the the skills that he's got, I think, if you if if you've watched cricket for a long time, you know what they're trying to do. If if he's swinging a ball away and one goes straight on, that's not luck. That, he's meant to bowl that straight on ball, and and it's learning about how many away swingers he's bowled there before he's bowled that straight on ball that's worked, and um, and he's probably worked out the batsman. Um, and it's, it's really good to watch. It's it's nice to watch. I'll, I'll I'll often find myself standing at the back of a net for forty minutes just watching him bowl for forty minutes. Him, Hogan, and Sim Van Der Gooten all great to watch and learn from
1: so it's as much the tactical disciplines of building a spell and and working out a batter as much as it is the the technical things of you know you say the off cutter or bowling or bowling the big in swinger
3: yeah it's that cricket's such a mental game I think mental that people have said mental is 70 80 percent of the game and and your your talent and you and your work is is only 20 30 percent max i th- I find, I find it hard to disagree with that to
1: be honest I mean this is one of the great things about two overseas players being backing backing county championship is it, it massively accelerates the learning curve of of, of younger players like, like yourself. I think it's it, it's fantastic to have these top level players um around the county setup. <laughs>
4: team appearance attractiveness confidence simply go to manscape.com quote the discount code badger you get 20 percent off you get free shipping and you get some seriously quality equipment manscape.com together we save balls Bill, do you want to come in with a question for, for Roman?
0: You said you're not good with words, um, but I think Glamorgan have certainly got some faith in you in their in their social media output. I've seen your um, uh, your not, not your blog, but your your written contribution, certainly on, on what the twos are doing at Glamorgan. You've been do- how long have you been doing that, and and how do you find doing it?
3: Uh, well, I've only been doing it this season, um, and I'm currently writing up the uh, T20 Second Eleven competition, um, and and I, I find it fun, um, and it was my idea from the start. I just sort of said, can we sort of shine some light on the second team, lads, and, and let, let the people know how they're doing, really? Because um, there's not much light that goes on the second team. There may be a post every now and then, um, but often that's when the first team are not playing. And fully understandable, you know, I, I, I've got no problem with it. I just thought uh, a, a nice couple of paragraphs on the games that we've, we have played every week or two would be, would be a nice thing for the lads who are playing. And not just the lads who are contracted, but the lads who are trialling and the young lads who are playing sort of shine some light on them and, and let their performances get out there. So, so you
0: volunteered? Because when I tried to get someone to do something similar for my lot, it was like pulling teeth persuading someone to, uh, to get on the Instagram account and, and 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 even put the squads out on a weekly basis, let alone <laughs> write something up. So th- there's no trick to it. You just were silly enough to
3: volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Was, no, I'd like to say it was, it was my idea. I just it, it just would be nice um, if someone's done well, who perhaps isn't contracted to the county to come out and like this this past week now um, a young lad Tegid Phillips took six for and he's I think he's 18 off spinner took his first first second team six for and that'll go in the in the in the blog and his, his name will get out there because I'm not sure I saw anything on social media apart from South Wales clubs sharing it sharing it around because they'd seen it so British it's just bit. something like that just an example of that just getting the name out and letting people know how well they're doing
0: but in terms of social media we obviously had the furore a few weeks ago uh, over social media use in the past, you, you, you're a, a young man who's, who's been born and raised with social media. You, you're used to it. What type of training are you getting? What type of guidance and support are you getting at Glamorgan or, or, or when you're in the uh, England under 19s? What type of guidance are you getting in relation to the use of social media?
3: So when I was in the academy, we'd have a um, we'd have a, a meeting almost um, or, or a lesson, I suppose, about the, the dangers of social media and how to keep your how to keep your account safe. I think the common sense part of it of um, of not being silly in what you're posting that was put out there straight away, and it was it was small things like your your uh, personal information and stuff that we'd learn how to how to keep that away from bad people, I suppose, um, for lack of a better word for them. But yeah, I think there, there was a lot of training when I was in the academy. We probably have one or two lessons a year on that. And it was great for me at seventeen going into the under nineteen setup with England. Um, I think we had three or four over a, over one winter period where you learn so much more, not just even so much more from the lessons that I'd, I'd learned with Glen Morgan about how, because only because they've got the facilities to go away and, and show an example, they go onto someone's account and, and say, "Look, well, look, we've we've got this lad's phone number," just from going onto his account and looking for it. That simple, you know, and, and it opens your eyes to it. And we and we'd have an hour or two lesson three or four times in the winter, I think, if my memory serves me right. But yeah, no, we the young lads are getting some good training now. But like I say, I have I probably haven't had one now for two or three years since I was seventeen or eighteen. So that may that may be a problem there. So, so, so perhaps um as a youngster
0: you're being well looked after, but perhaps now you you're moving into the senior team, there's there's scope for a bit more resource being ploughed into that particular area
3: yeah yeah um I, I don't think it would be it would be a bad thing um i think there would be a lot of people rolling their eyes at it because the majority of people are good and and they look after themselves and they don't do anything stupid on social media but it's 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 a good lesson to have it's a good lesson to know and i, I don't see anything bad coming from keep, keeping up to date with with what's happening on social media
0: you, you, you're a proud welshman
3: or, or anglo welshman is a half english did i did you say um Were you, oh, my, my dad well, wrote, you, you mentioned your dad the, the the stupid thing is my dad was born in St Asaph which is in Wales right. so he's Welsh and he just he grew up supporting England because he's watched Gaza and all and the England cricket team coming <laughs> through in the 90s and the 80s and he's he's English proud English he is but he's Welsh <laughs> so so how t-
0: tell me about the as a as a proud Welshman tell me about the difficulties in going on to to play for England i know they are the England and Wales team but you know we don't often hear the second part of that of that name mentioned is there any conflict for you in in, in playing for England um as a proud Welshman and do you get any stick from your peers who see you pull on a uh, an England top
3: well no um I think the only time I've really had to had to sort of correct someone on on what they're saying is is because they didn't understand like you said that you don't hear the second part of that England and Wales cricket board a lot and it was it was only because of that for example i I'd Send me mates a picture of me England top with my name on the back, and they go, "Why are you playing for England?" Like, well, well that, that's a bit because it had England on the front of the shirt. Yeah, um, and I've got no, I've, I've got no problem with it because the majority of players who play for England are English. Um, there's not been a, a, a massive amount of Welsh people that have come through to play. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's no massive conflict. I've I've not really got a problem with them not saying England and Wales. I mean,
0: it just occurs to me that as as an
3: organisation, the
0: ECB are looking for, for new customers. I mean, they could gain a few million by just making a bit more of the the Welsh aspect of the England and Wales team. Do you think there's something more that they could be doing in that regard, or or, or is it just is what it is?
3: Um, there, there could be a couple of things that they could do, but I'm probably not the man to speak to for it. If I'm honest, um, there's there's probably things that the guys could potentially. Get a bit more involved with the young lads. I know North Wales is quite um, secluded, if that's the right word. Like you, they're, they're three hours away from Glamorgan, which is their home county in theory, but they're an hour away from Lancashire, and they're only two hours away from uh, from Birmingham, uh, with with Warwickshire, and, and probably another half hour hour down the road for Worcester. Um, if you're doing that, it's not that far onto Chelmsford, mate. To be honest, I think I <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, the, these these guys are closer. The the massive thing that they could get from there is with the. With Gamorgan improving their sort of scouting range now, going up to North Wales, um, the ECB just—if if you're going to go into Wales, I'd think you'd probably best off focusing on on the the, out, the proper outskirts of Wales, the, the North Wales that people aren't getting really picked up properly, and and uh, and the Pembrokes of the world, where they're properly out of the way. They're still two and a half, three hours away from Cardiff, where Glamorgan are based. Well, you could, you could find some real good talent, and I know a lot of the North Welsh talent will either go and play in the Merseyside League or the Birmingham League because the North Wales Premier League's not great. They don't allow overseas and stuff, so there's there's no really lear, no massive learning curve in North Wales. So I think they could potentially have have a bit more to say in in Wales. Get, getting technical for a moment, as a as one bowler to another.
0: Albeit that I, I suspect you don't bowl quite the same quality of right arm filth that I do. But in, in terms of what you've got in the locker, I've heard you speak in the past about being able to um, have you limit your variations, perfect them, and then you know be able to bowl that perfectly. I'm just intrigued in in two two bits and pieces. First is the short ball. What, what do you think? Is, I mean, how, how useful is the we, we've seen the variation of the slower short ball, which as a kid, I never saw anything like before. That That's something. How how useful is the short ball in the short form cricket that you're playing? Because clearly batsmen now are so powerful. They're pulling and hooking. And and I often see the short ball going. It seems to me it gets punished a lot. How, how useful is
3: it? And, 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 and what do you personally use the short ball for? Um, well, I can tell you before last week, uh, I bowled one bouncer all year um, in a game uh, and that was against Surrey in a T20 go um, it was a dot ball went, went, wasn't expecting it and, and that's the beauty of it if you bowl it right you've, I think you've got to know who to bowl it to everyone's got stats now and analysis of who, who you can bowl it to I, I tell like two um, because we, we analysed uh, one of the guys from Sussex um, could be could be a target for an early short ball so I bowled one to, to him too and, um, and you, I think it's it's a ball now that if you're not 90 mile an hour, 95 mile an hour, it's very difficult to to bowl it well. And you've got to be really clever with it. And I, I still feel now, even though I've picked the right people to bowl my short ball to, I've got away with it. Because it's very easy these days with people throwing their hands at it, top edge six, top edge four, whatever. They could just latch onto it and it's gone. And it's very easy to get it wrong as well. Like not high enough and somebody just pulls it in front square and your field's not there for it. For me now, I think it's you've got to know when to bowl it and know who to bowl it to, for sure. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's probably a very vague way of doing it, uh, of, of saying it. I think it's, it's very- I, th- I think it's bang on though, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, i w-
0: watching Essex the other day, the, the younger players chucking short ball after short ball down on a pitch that looked like it had to be it had to be pitched up and it was just put constantly punished, but it's a common theme. particularly in young bowlers. I think they, they see obviously the merit in the aggression and they've got faith that they can get that ball down there at a certain pace, but it's unusual to hear someone of your age having that, that type of insight into their, into their technique. I think it's very refreshing. The other thing is, is the full toss. Now I've made an art form out of the full toss. I've heard um,
3: plenty of them, don't you yeah.
0: But, but, I mean, there's some suggestion now that the low-fall toss is a, is a good ball to bowl in, in in the short form. Is that true? Do you deliberately bowl short-fall... Not you, or do bowlers deliberately bowl short-fall tosses or are they just covering for a shonky old Yorker that's gone a bit too full?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's, a, um, it's a small miss on a Yorker. Um, so they do say if, if you can perfect your skills as much as you can, your misses will be a lot smaller. So if I'm aiming for a Yorker, I'd perfect it, brilliant. If I miss it slightly, it's going to be a low, full toss, or at least in the block hole, potentially, if I go the other way of missing it a bit short. And it, it is still a difficult ball to to get away, um, and it's not missed a Yorker by much. And it could be the difference of a batsman moving forward two inches or moving backwards two inches that you've missed a Yorker, and it becomes a block hole or a or a low, full toss. It's still a very difficult shot to to play really I think you've got to be a Josh Butler you've got to be a Tom Banton to get that away so I think it's it's a good option that if you miss your Yorker by a small amount you've got you've got a bit of a margin for error there yeah. yeah just moving
0: on to the the last year and a half um, you were furloughed weren't you as, as part of Glamorgan's how does I, a 19 year old cricketer who's struggling to, to you know break into the first team deal with the type of strain and stress that furlough must have placed on you I'm wondering whether or financially what, what on earth is going to happen for both your your finances but also for the clubs so how did you get through that period
3: well, it, was, it was a really scary time because um, nobody knew where you were going to be it, it could have been something as simple as sorry Roman we, we, we literally can't afford you and we're going to have to let you go a year early in my contract something like that it, it could have been that that simple um, and, and luckily Gorgon with their finance group they've, they've done really well to to pull out of it in, a, in an okay position um, yeah it's, it's really weird with being on furlough because I'd never heard of furlough before before going on it I don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody had heard of furlough <laughs> they, until about 18 months ago no um, and it's, it's it was an awkward situation and um, we knew it was the best for the clubs they'd they explained the, the forecast of finances if we went on furlough uh, as opposed to if we didn't I think that the big thing was that we weren't allowed to train obviously being on furlough is you get paid, but you can't work, or you can't go into work. Um, and that—that that I found difficult playing so much Call of Duty in a day. I mean, it's not not really that not not great for your cricket skills, is it? No, but you did put your your, your gaming
0: skills to um, to the test, and you had to step up for the for the Quarantine Cup. Yeah. I mentioned this to James before beforehand, and he, like I, hadn't heard of
3: it until very recently. Could you tell our listeners what the Quarantine Cup was and uh, your claim to fame? Well, there's, there's been one quarantine cup and hopefully there won't be another one. It was invented because of lockdown um, and, and no cricket being on the TV, apart from reruns of Joss Butler whacking it everywhere. And they decided that uh, it was the Cricketer magazine, got in contact with all the counties and, and asked uh, if anybody would be willing to, to play on the PS4 for, uh, on Cricket 19 for their county and represent their county in a little, um, in a little tournament. And uh, our social media guy Lewis came straight to me. He was like, do, "Do you fancy this?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll go for it. I I'll, I'll like my games. I'll, uh, I'll I'll have a crack." I never thought I'd win it because I'm not that good at the game. But um, no, it was uh, it was it was really fun, actually. You know, I, I mean, I, I was on the headset with Tamal Mills, who, who I thought was top of the world for the last three years, just because he bowls ninety five an hour and and, uh, and he's knocking on the door of England. Obviously, struggled with injuries, bless him, but. It's one of them things that sort of put me up there, and I was like, "Well, here we are. I'm, I'm playing with all these guys. This is unbelievable." Yeah, and and
0: did you have to select? Did you select your squads, or did they do that for you? Did you have a chance to pick yourself?
3: Yeah, I, I did pick myself, um, <laughs> but I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think my economy was too good in the uh, in the game, and uh, I think I was batting ten or something. So. Didn't get a chance to, to score many runs.
1: I, I commentated on a few trials of those uh, of those games while they were just trying to get all the because they had commentators, uh, a few other people from the show I worked for, Gorilla Cricket, and Adam Collins and Dan Norcross and a few others were were on there. And it was it's it was a curious one because it it was in this uh, sort of uncanny valley thing where it looked like cricket and you started commentating it as cr- cricket. But you very quickly realise when somebody accidentally presses run and uh, and <laughs> runs when the balls barely left the cut strip. Yeah, this isn't quite cricket. Um, it was a very strange. It was just about better than nothing.
4: Yeah, you're talking no. to the champion now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, hey, I I watched your final. You were you were you were very very good. But it was uh, as you say. that's hopefully we don't have a break in the calendar long enough for that to, <laughs> yeah. to, to happen.
4: and i sent the badger a message and now i'm on the podcast with this jingle if you would like to get in touch with the cricket badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger
1: you've mentioned the under 19s a few times you went from not being in the Glamorgan academy to playing at the under 19 world cup within the space of a year did you realize that you'd improved that much in that in that in that short time and how does that that process feel
3: no no chance i'd um i i it was weird because i i got um the start of the process was that i'd just i think i'd just got onto the glamorgan academy and they said we're going to send a couple of lads down to millfield taunton um for a little super fours trial and the super fours is north south east west i think basically um they all play in a tournament and, and I had a little trial there and they must have seen something that they liked there. So I got into the, I think it was South team, something like that. Um, and I, I didn't pull any trees up. I didn't get any fifers or score any fifties. You know, I, I, I didn't do amazing, but they've seen something there in me. Um, I felt like I was bowling well, but like I said, I, I didn't do anything that was noticeable. No, no reason in my eyes to, for anybody to be looking at me. So I've left there thinking, oh, well, that was fun. That was a good experience, right? Back to Glamorgan. And on we go. And then you get a call from this from this guy called Dave Gravely, who honestly I'd never heard of before. And he says, oh, I'm one of the England under-19 selectors and we, we, we're we selecting you for a tour to South Africa. And you, I just couldn't quite believe it, to be fair. You know, I'm on my, I'm on my first year of Glamorgan uh, Academy and, and, you know, you, you're you going to pick for the England under-19s. I thought they put somebody else's name down wrong or something like that.
1: Is that the cricket equivalent of, I thought it was a wind-up? Yeah, catfish. Uh, you were you were in that group with i mean you mentioned tom banton earlier will jacks who's just broken into the england squad in slightly weird circumstances Uh, harry brooke who's been who's been doing um extremely well extremely well this this season it must be quite a confidence boost for you knowing that you're you're seen as, as as someone who has a really bright future in the game. Tom Lammanby as well as it was and Dylan Pennington, I think, were also have started making waves in first class cricket in that squad. So it's a pretty very talented group of players that you are that you're mixing with. Yeah.
3: You 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 knew one when you when you played a game, these guys were were serious talent. Like I'd played Tom Banton before and he 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 was at the time the most natural striker of the ball I'd seen. Uh, he probably would have been 18, 19 at the time when I played him. Um and you, you look at that well you've got Will Jack's uh, Tom Banton, Harry Brook, who's had an unbelievable last six weeks for Yorkshire. Ethan Bamber, who's played week in, week out for Middlesex for the last two years. Um, Dylan Pennington, in and out of the Worcester squad, but doing well when he's in there. Aaron, uh, Adam Finch, who's also at Worcester doing well. Tom Lamanby, struggling for runs, but he's shown he's shown last season how well he, how well he can uh, how well he can do in the Red Bull stuff. I mean, th- these guys are, are seriously, seriously talented. I mean, Prem Sassodi from Glamorgan. Cardiff lad, he, he had a hell of a T20 blast last year. Now, these these guys are, are the future of English cricket. I, I, honestly, these guys are. I, I can see Banton, Jacks, Brook, all playing, all playing for England in the next ten years consistently. To think that I was in that group of players, and I, I back myself on a cricket field. I, I, I think I can hold my own. I'm, I'm I'm a decent cricketer, but these guys are another level up. Honestly, that trying to bowl against these guys like Tom Banton. I got him out on my debut because he nicked a short wide one, and I'd have gone for ten and over otherwise. Like this, this guy—he's one of them. If you don't get him early, you—he'll he, make you pay. And it's like I've played with these guys. I played with them for a full winter, and it's—it's it's amazing to sort of come out of there and and
4: and, and think I was in that pool of players. I was reading the Glamorgan website bio of you, and they've got the—you uh, hit the winning runs on your counted debut you got Tom out in a T20. And they mentioned the sky cameras being there on both occasions as if you are kind of like inspired by the fact that you're on TV. Is is, is that the case? Um, not so much when I, I think uh, when you're doing your skills, whether it be batting or bowling. I,
3: when I was there, I, I don't think, I, mean, I wasn't thinking about the TV cameras. It's the small things when you're on the boundary and you're sort of, you're doing your collar like that, you know, and, and you're pulling your shirt down. You're thinking, oh, I wonder if the camera's looking at me now. When you're on your debut, I mean, I've never played in front of TV cameras um, until them two games, they're both debuts in the white ball. But yeah, when i bowling, I didn't really think about it that much. As you can probably tell, my hair hairstyle, and prepared poor, poor hairstyles. You know, I, 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 it wasn't really something I thought of bowling or batting. But when you're in the field, you do sort of in between balls. You're like, well, I wonder if the camera's looking at me now. I best tuck myself in, you know, presentable.
4: <laughs> I, I, I saw a couple of photos of you with your, your tongue hanging out of your mouth when you were bowling. Is that something you do regularly, or is, is that just an accident? <laughs> I've seen a couple like
3: that. Um No, I've seen plenty of uh, plenty of photos of me after I've bowled the ball where my my face does awful things. Sometimes my tongue pokes out, sometimes my nose is up by my eyes, sometimes my eyes are in the back of my head. I've <laughs> honestly no idea why it happens.
4: You are listening
2: to
4: the Cricket Badger podcast. Phil to uh, that interview you did um, and you, you talked in that, one of the things I took out of that interview uh, that I really liked was your reference to the importance of hard work. And, and graft and really kind of looking after your cricket and trying to get better. And I like the um, you kind of comparison, you know, a county player looking to play for England, playing international cricket, a third team or at a club having the same kind of aspirations of playing for the second team or the first team and, and moving forward. I, I like the way you put that there. And um, I mean, you mentioned the kind of 70 or 80% being mental, but the hard work plays a part, doesn't it? Massively. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Your off field stuff will, will, pretty much dictate what you do on the field. I mean, there's very few players who can do nothing off the field and, and go on and hit the ground running when you're in a game. I think one person was Freddie Flintoff, who I think everybody's seen the interviews of him saying he, he knew he didn't have the overs in his legs when he was about 23, 24. So we used to visualise him bowling Yorkers and and then he'd be able to go out and do it. I mean, that's that's the first time I've really heard of someone doing doing that yeah. um, and being that successful. I mean, you hear you hear of county cricketers doing really well and they don't actually do too much off the field, but someone being super successful, everything's got hard work in it. Everything. If you're going to play for your country, you've got to work out.
4: You hear um, and see players who at the ages, of I don't know, 14, 15, are touted as the next big thing and then they stay the same and everybody else comes past them. And yeah, potentially maybe if you've had all of that success when you're, that success when you're young and everybody's talking about how good you are, maybe that's... A, an element of that is kind of maybe restricting the hard work you don't feel you need to work hard because you're the best and then you see everybody else coming past you I think that might be a, there might be some truth in that
3: yeah yeah definitely i think it's it's very easy to let things go to your head when you put in the limelight um and for young lads at 14 15 like one of one of our young lads now alex horton uh, keeper batsman just had a five year contract and i think one of the first things i said to him was don't stop working hard don't sort of you know float along just because you have got five years behind you um, they, like, they've given you a five-year contract because they think you could be this amazing player by the end of it and and that, that's massive
4: I think with, with people because that could be a temptation could it if you've got five years security you've got five years to kind of or three and a half years to sit on your backside and then a year and a half to think oh, I need to catch up now unless you've got something about you Yeah, you, have, I think you'd have to be super special to be
3: able to like I said sit back and do nothing and, and get away with it and I think for, for young lads who are, who are talented if they're bidding you to be the next England captain then go out and be the next England captain, you know, get there, prove people right. Don't, don't prove them wrong because you, you're lazy and, and you've got, you've got stability because you've got three years, because before you know it, three years will be up and you've done nothing.
4: I'll tell you what, I really enjoying having you on the podcast. It's it's good to have, uh, have you on. Um, and time's flown. Um, I think there's time for one more question from Knackle and Phil each. Who wants to go first with that?
1: I'll tell you that one. I mean, I, I, I really, I really do enjoy listening to, to cricketers who are constantly very ambitious about about their game, about wanting to move forward to whatever level of that is. So, what does what does that look like in a, in a week for you? How much, how many overs are you bowling in you know? How much gym work? How much how much running are you doing? What does that? You know, it's all very. It's very easy to say, you know, work hard and work on your skills, but what does practically that look like?
4: And Achles just coming back into cricket. He shared some pictures with us on WhatsApp of his his, his first uh, stint as a bowler. He's maybe asking this to work out what he needs to do next week. <laughs> <laughs> why
1: well, I can tell you this weekend went went quite a bit. Well, uh, two overs, two overs of filth got a wicket with a wide long hop that should have been a wide. Uh, dropped a tough catch and tweaked my quad, so it went fairly well.
4: <laughs> Phil's nodding his approval there. That sounds like a that sounds like a good performance, Phil. I thought that was the only way to get wickets was short um, short line. <laughs> to be honest. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Back to Michael's question.
3: Yeah, well, I, I'm very simple um, with that. Uh, I, I, I won't go to the gym now because of the COVID restrictions and stuff. I I think I find it very difficult to find a good time to get into the gym. So I'll, I'll just do my stuff at home. I'll, I'll do bodyweight squats and I'll do press-ups and sit-ups and stuff, planks, you know, the stuff that you would do in the gym with a bit of weight and just sort of double it and, and do it at home on bodyweight. Um, so I, I think that, that keeps me topped up during the season. And I think obviously it depends what format you're playing. That'll probably dictate what how many training sessions you do and stuff. The T20 run that we've just had, so I had four games in the first. So before a T20, I'll I'll go out and bowl three or four overs off my full run. I'll do two overs of back of a length, hard length, top the stumps, find a rhythm for that, and then I'll do an over of off cutters or or back of the hand slow balls because they're my two variations. And then I'll I'll do an over of uh, yorkers depending on how I'm feeling. So I may only do the slow balls. Um, but I think that that's that's one thing that I've have had a chat with my coaches, but I probably need to do that over at Yorkers because Yorkers are coming back into the game, you know. Like, like I said, they, they sort of went out for a few years with all the all the variations coming through the knuckle ball and all that stuff. Um, but the Yorker, I think, is it's proven itself to be the best ball you can bowl at the death, really. Um so like I said, that's me needing to improve there is doing that extra over of Yorkers to get the feel for, for the length. Um that's my T20 before the game. Um, And then during a, let's say, uh, like a four-day game, if I played the full four days, I probably would have bowled between 20 and 50 overs in the game, which means I I probably don't need to do that much. Um, I'll probably have a day off. So if it's Monday to Thursday, I'll have a day off on the Friday. Won't play club cricket on a Saturday because of the workloads. Won't be allowed. So I'll do a little bit of gym work, a little bit of top-up on the Saturday. And then we'll have a little net on a Sunday, before then going into another four-day game on the Monday. And Red ball simple for me is being consistent. And, and um, one thing I'm really learning to do now is try not to swing the ball. And I know that sounds stupid, um, but try not to swing the ball with the... If, if you've done all your hard work with, with your technical side of things during the winter and stuff, you should be able to swing the ball naturally, like I've done since I was young. Um so yeah i I think it's it's very it's very simple you know it's and it's not it's not rocket science it's just finding the right time to go out and do
1: it and and, and what it sounds like is if you you have a very set routine that you know you're going to be following
3: yeah pretty much yeah and and it will vary obviously depending on how you feel if i'm feeling extra stiff on a saturday i probably won't do as much gym work or any at all but i'll I'll definitely do some stretches and stuff you know you got and that, that's just something that you've got to keep on top of. I think that's a lot of things that people don't see from professional cricketers. They only see the stuff on the field. The guys who really work hard off the field, like I said, and it's not just skills wise. It's looking after yourself. I mean, look at Michael Hogan now. He's he's forty, turning forty-one. He's I, you don't see him get injured. The, the only time I've seen him injured is because he had a ball on the on the shin and it bruised up. You know, that, that's I've not seen him pull a muscle or or break a finger or anything like that. And I, I presume that's because he keeps himself flexible and, and keeps himself strong.
0: Well, where are we going to see Roman Walker in 12 months' time? When we're doing this interview in, in a year's time, what what will we be talking about? Where will your game be?
3: I'm, I'm hoping um, that I'll be somewhat of a consistent first-team player, all formats. Uh, that's what I'm aiming for. Hopefully then leaning towards a bit more of an all-rounder as well, because I do back myself with the bat. I, mean, I just need a, a couple of good chances to sort of go out and prove it or Get my eye in and 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 get some runs under my belt. Um So fingers crossed with it with a good winter um, and a, and a good start to the summer next year. I I will hopefully be a a relatively consistent first team cricketer.
0: How do you demonstrate that the batting has come on? How how do you? Because I my, I see with my son who who's an off spinner who can bat that he'll have a good game. He'll fly up the order. He'll open, and then because he's. It, it, the jump is too far you'll have a shocker and end up back down the order again and, and it's hard to find somewhere to demonstrate and, and develop uh, as opposed to this up and down how, how in the professional game do you show that you're enough to get up the order
3: well it's, it's really hard it's really hard because you know everyone's got strong batting sides everyone's got people who can bat um, and a lot of a lot of teams now are back to number nine or ten along with the second teams are pretty similar these days as well. So it is difficult. Um, Time in the game will pretty much dictate how much you can do, but you've got to wait for the right opportunity. Like I've had a couple of opportunities this year and I've, and I've thrown them down the drain where I've tried to, I've had, you know, 10 overs in a T20 where I could have gone out and scored a 30, 40 or a 50 showed that I can hold me back and, and, and dig the team out of a, a, a difficult situation. And I didn't. Um, I think I played a stupid shot, got out. And they're, they're the chances that you've really got to take um, if you're batting, you know, eight or nine, and you want to bat five, six. You've got to go out there, and And when you do bat, show that you can bat. And if it's a red ball game, I know it sounds very selfish, but go out and get a not out. Don't be out. Go and get a 30-not out. And not a stupidly, you know, not 30 off 100 balls, but, you know, go, go and bat well, show that you can bat. And, and. You know, and, and that's something I, I have had chances this season to go out and do and I've and I've and I've not done great. And fingers crossed that I'll have chances uh for the uh, in the coming few games in the season that I can go out and show what I can bet. Is that the Essex game you're talking about? Well, no, I just walked across the straight one there, didn't I? I? I I missed that one, unfortunately,
4: mate. It, so, it right? sounds like Roman missed it as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's uh, been an absolute pleasure, Roman Walker, to have you on the uh, Cricket Badger podcast today. You're our first Lamorgan County Cricket Club representative. And uh, well, if they're all as good as you, we'll have uh, plenty more in the future as well. We wish you every success. But as I said earlier on in the podcast, your last task with us this week is to leave a question or two if you want to ask two. And they can be silly, they can be funny, they can be serious to uh, Stephen Croft, the uh, Lancashire All-Rounder.
3: Right, I'm going to go for two. I'm going to go one silly and one uh, serious-ish. A simple one, if you could have three wishes to do anything, what would they be? And the
4: serious one, if you could change one rule in cricket uh, in the modern day, what would it be? Let's throw that one back at you before you leave us. If you could change one rule in cricket, what would you change? I don't know. More bouncers, more (laughs) bouncers. More (laughs) bouncers. Knuckle Panday and the fan budget, Knuckle and Phil, thank you very much for being on again this week cheers James uh, thanks for having me and Roman thank you very much and say wish you all the best in the future hope it goes well and uh, plenty of runs and plenty of wickets in the future we'll be following your career and hopefully we'll have you back on the Cricket Badger Podcast at some stage in the future It'll be lovely to be back Love, pleasure to meet you lads and uh, take it easy nice to meet you too
1: mate. likewise take care
4: and uh, thank you out there for listening and uh, stay tuned because we're back every single Monday with another person from County Cricket next week as I said it's going to be Stephen Croft the Lancashire All-Rounder so stay tuned And we'll see you again then.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty